Hi, everyone. Welcome to Screw the Stock Market, where we talk about alternative investments outside of the stock market with the aim of taking control of our finances and our futures and our lives. And today we have a really special guest. Um, it's uh, His name is Pradeep Sangha, and it's a broad episode. We talk about all sorts of different stuff from business to mindset to success and and to even the personal, the family and and kind of I don't know. If we had to categorize it, I'd probably call it a mindset episode more than anything else. But it's it's broad. What did you think of the show, Aziz? I thought it was awesome. Um, I, it was funny because when I first uh, kind of like was preparing for the interview, I was kind of reading about him and his uh, focus on men and the alpha male uh, consciousness and mindset in terms of business and whatnot. I was like, oh, you know, we're, we're going to get into the realm of kind of douchery a little bit, but it actually was the complete opposite. Um, his interpretation and definition of what the term alpha male is, is just awesome and it's beautiful and it's just um, super holistic. I, I really, really thought it was a very enjoyable episode. It really kind of hones down on some of the mindset and some of the struggles that men in particular in the business world um, struggle, especially as they're trying to either establish themselves or become entrepreneurs or even like run companies that they've already pre-created. So he really kind of delves into a lot of those stress points and a lot of the issues that are unique to men. Uh, there are some that are kind of common and universal that, you know, both men and women, but he really kind of focuses on the, the male psychology and the male aspect of things. Um, and I thought it was just a really well done kind of uh, conversation and description of like, you know, the struggles of being a man these days in many ways. Um, I, I loved it. I thought it was Yeah, great. I mean, there's definitely some times in the episode are... where I think you and I both were like, Ooh, am I allowed to say this? <laughs> Which is funny. <laughs> I mean, it's just when you talk about what a man is and what a, what a man's role is supposed to be. You're yeah, gonna, gender roles. They're, they're, it's there. They're kind of like a touchy subject. Yeah, and, and the fact that we even hesitate about that is part of the problem, right? It's like, what is a man supposed to yeah. be? So I found it really to be a cool episode and it's stuff that is like, I know I love when I feel like a man, I just feel like tough. I feel strong. I feel powerful. I feel unrushed. Yeah. And I feel, you know, that's what we need to feel to be able to go out and do the things that we want to do. We want to do things that are out of the ordinary. We want to do things that are challenging, that are not, not just anybody can do. And you have to have your mindset in a place. And, and, and I hadn't really ever made that connection that it was part of it is feeling manly. And so it's a really yeah. cool, enlightening episode for me personally. But I think um, hopefully you guys get a lot of value. And for the ladies, there are some points where he talks about, here's what a woman should do. Here's what a woman should do in a relationship. And here's how, you know, it was cool. It was cool. So even if you're a lady um, or, uh, you know, hopefully everyone can get some value out of this because, um, you know, everyone has to deal with men at some point. So uh <laughs> And I'd like to emphasize, it's not a misogynistic messaging at all. Yes. So um, so when Alex says, ladies, this is what you're supposed to do, it's not uh. in that context. <laughs> uh, it's, We're on Overall, nice. I think it was a real, yeah, it, it was overall a really great episode. Please don't cancel us. It really, we really love doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it really does kind of provide a holistic view on how to be a healthier, better person as a human being and more specifically as a man awesome enjoy the show guys thank you as always for tuning in yeah. and 
keep engaging with us. We'd love to hear your feedback and what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of, guys. So thank you again for, for being part of this. And, you know, we just really want it to be valuable for you. So thank you again and enjoy. And please don't forget to subscribe. We're on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, as well as all the major podcast uh, platforms. So please subscribe and follow. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning into the show. You know, it means so much to me and Aziz that you are actually listening, that there's people really listening to the show. Um, We're having fun with it and we hope that you're getting a lot of value too. Education is just one of the first steps that anyone should take when they're on a journey towards financial freedom or personal development. And so it's great. You're doing the right things. Um, I want to suggest a second step that you might want to consider if a lot of the things that we're talking about on the show are resonating with you. Consider visiting our website, legatoinvest.com invest. And there, there's a button where you can click to gain access to our opportunities. And what will happen is you'll schedule a call with us. We'll talk, we'll get on a Zoom, and we'll get to know your, your investment experience, we'll get to know you, we'll, we'll learn about your objectives, and then if it's a good fit, we'll actually start to present you with real investment opportunities from time to time, and you'll be in the driver's seat where you can say, no, I don't like that one, and yes, I do like that one. And those real decisions, that means that you're actually in the game towards your financial freedom. So... Uh, consider visiting legatoinvest.com slash invest. Again, that's L-E-G-A-D-O invest.com slash invest. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you with us today. We have a really special guest, uh, Pradeep Sangha. He is the world's leader in complete strategic advising. He is an award-winning author of The Complete Man and the TV show host of Mind Your Business. He's also an entrepreneur, a speaker, and a podcaster. Uh, he's widely known as the strate- strategist for businessmen, and he teaches men how to become the complete man, which I'm really excited about. And his personal mission is to help men grow in their business massively, increase their personal fulfillment in life, and improve their relationships with their wives and kids. Uh, one wife. <laughs> and he's the founder <laughs> behind the movement of men becoming mindful alpha males. Uh, Pradeep, thank you so much. We're happy to have you on the show. <laughs> Thanks, Alex and Aziz, for having me. I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah, one wife, not not, not several wives. <laughs> I guess some people, you know, I guess. But for me, just one. Uh, I'll speak for myself. How about that? Yeah, we're talking about investments, right? It, there's a lot of investment that goes into your spouse. <laughs> so I, I can't imagine having a, a number of them because <laughs> that's a whole lot of time and energy. Yeah, I'm not there. It gets very expensive very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) That's smart. So uh, Pradeep, why don't you start off just telling us a little bit about kind of where you come from and how you got to where you are, maybe more on the personal side, and then we can maybe shift a little bit more to some of the the lessons you'd really love for our our audience to take away from the show today. Yeah, of course. So I'm a Canadian. Um, I was born on the West Coast of Canada. I was born in this small town called Kelowna, British Columbia. And my parents immigrated there back in the early 70s, and I was born there. They, uh, I, I have to say, I was, I'm so blessed to have been raised there. It is an amazing place. If you have not been there, I highly encourage you to go. It's, I've been all across Canada. I've been in the U.S. U.S. has some pretty awesome places, but I guess for Canada, it's one of the best places to grow up. Uh, and uh, I was raised on an orchard. Because that's what my parents did. They just knew how to do manual labor and started working on an orchard. Eventually bought our own and built a business around it. But I spent a lot of my childhood 
out in the orchard. So with apple trees, cherry trees, just out in nature, sometimes spending the entire day by myself. And then uh, from there, went on into, you can say, the academic world because my parents were like, we came to this country for you to get an education, you know, or, or their kids. That, well, they didn't have kids at that time, but future kids to have an education and not have to work and do manual labor. So went and got education, uh, originally started in sciences and then switched over to business and spent a lot of time in business academics in the, as well as in the corporate world. And then my goal is to be a CEO of a major corporation. But then um, my jo- my heart wasn't in it anymore. I, I spent 14 years as an executive. I learned every aspect of business. That was my game plan. Learned every aspect of business from marketing to sales, to operations, finance, at a macro level and a micro level so I could be the best CEO, CEO I could. I'm very competitive. Um, not so much against other people, but very competitive with myself. Uh, but when the time came for me to make that decision, I decided not to uh, do it. I started my own firm uh, in the business advisory space. We do uh, wealth management as well. Um, a lot on the personal development space as well, high performance. Uh, and that really came as a result um, of my childhood. We also focus on a lot, as you mentioned, on men's leadership. Uh, because I grew up, my dad was an awesome dad. Unfortunately, he struggled with alcoholism. Uh, you know, he spent, he came to this country, didn't know that, well, very much English at all. Uh, didn't have, you can say, the resources to pick up a book and read about personal development or addiction. And he struggled with that his entire life. So when he was sober, he was an awesome dad. When he drank, he was a big dude as well. Um, and he had some challenges, must have had some challenges growing up. He never shared them with me. But um, he would have things like night terrors and just if, if he's drinking in a night terror, like it was just like a bomb went off in the house. So I, I grew up trying to figure out why he would behave this way and studied his behavior. And you could say I became an expert on men um, and relationships between men and women, because obviously there were challenges between him and my mom. And I, I, you could say I, I learned at a very young age what made people tick and what made people perform. Because I also started to manage employees at the age of 16, became a personal trainer at the age of 17. I was an academic tutor all throughout university, um, which really my ultimate calling in life has been to help people. And all the challenges that I had in life have led me to, you could say, this unique expertise to help people accelerate their business, but also their personal lives. So being a better husband, being a better father, being a better community person, and specifically men. So that all kind of came around in full circle. And and uh, it's something I love. It's something I enjoy. And it, it, it's created a niche and an expertise for us where I would say very few organizations, both in Canada and the US, do what we do. Very exciting. Um, that's a... Uh... I mean, when I saw your 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 bio, I, I was really excited because I know just from personal experience, it's tough, right? Like, I feel like, I don't know, like it might sound, it might come across kind of bad, but I, I know like it's it's a tough place to be as a man these days where like <laughs> the roles are very different. It's a little bit, um, you know, being kind of the the leader and kind of the alpha male might almost be kind of looked down on. And, and, and so I'm really eager to get into that because that's... Um, you know, it's definitely one of the things I've really struggled with is just kind of like being the leader and kind of uh, um, and what that role really means. Right. So I'm really eager to to get into that. But let's start maybe a little bit with um, just some of your um, 
your your business. Let's start like let's ease into that and maybe start from the business part um, and just hey, I'm 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 a small business entrepreneur. What what do you think are some of the main things that you'd like for for someone who's listening who who has that kind of an entrepreneurial focus right now to to start learning about what what you have to to share with them? Sure, I would say you know just in terms of the journey itself, um, it's never a direct, it's never a straight journey. There's so much opportunity out there, and, and the same happened with uh, with me and my businesses. Is I thought it was going to go one way, but it always went a different way. And you always have to look for the opportunity. And I think that's what smart business people do is they always look for the opportunity. Because business is essentially this. Um, and even though I knew this, it, it, it was not until it really hit me in the head a few times for me to actually get this concept. Business is about two things. It's about creating a customer and keeping that customer. Now, I like to add on turning that customer into a super fan as well, right? Turning them into a raving advocate of your business. But that's all business is. And so if you can become good at doing that, at creating customers, keeping those customers and converting them into super fans, you'll be successful regardless of the business that you're in. So obviously there's things like the economy, there's competition, there's the regulatory environment that all has an impact on business. But if you are able to navigate those challenges, like we're talking about a potential recession in 2023, what happened in COVID, and we helped a lot of businesses through this, was the businesses that got stuck on the product and service and said, we are good at delivering this. This is what our business is. They're the ones that had problems. They're the ones that had challenges. Some of them even died out because they couldn't grasp themselves. When I say they, I'm typically talking about the leadership of the business or the business owner, couldn't grasp the idea about maybe we have to let this product or service or, or business model go. What we have to do is figure out how to get new customers and keep those customers. The businesses that did that were actually successful. I'll just use a simple example. Restaurants hit hard, especially in Canada, especially in the province that I live in. Ontario was a, the, high, the most highest regulated, you can say, um, province or state in North America. We had a restaurant shut down for almost two years. Uh, you weren't able to go in to dine. Those, a lot of restaurants just died out completely. But the ones that said, hey, let's figure out how to do takeout and do it effectively or delivery. Um, that, those are the ones that were successful. So what they got away from was, hey, having people come into our restaurant to dine was, we need to figure out how to get more customers out there. How do we do that? They changed their entire business model around that to the point where some haven't even, they've, they don't even do it in dining anymore. They just do strict takeout because their profit margins were so high, right? Now they don't need the staff. They don't need all the other complications. Um, these days, you don't even need a delivery person. You could do it through Uber or um, you know, all the other um, platforms that can deliver food for you. It's just learning how to adapt and pivot when you need to. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's really where the mindset and the emotional aspect comes in. Because as entrepreneurs, we get so emotionally tied to what we sell. Um, and we have to pull ourselves away from that. And that's a, that's a big challenge that most people face. It's, this actually sounds um, very familiar, Alex. Uh, like, for example, your dad with his product that he was trying to sell uh, okay. for so many years. And uh, he, I don't think he ever tried to like pivot away or transition or pitch it in a different way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a real challenge. I mean, pretty much, um, I, I still think it's a, it's a great product. But like the thing that was interesting was just the disconnect. And I think it was a product without a customer, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think if the way you framed it is really, it makes it it's so simple, but it's really smart. It's just, if you don't have a customer, you don't have a business. And, you know, 
And, and that's kind of the starting point is if you're not solving their problems, making their life easier, adding value in some way that they appreciate and that they want, then you don't have anything. And so, um, yeah, yeah, I've definitely been on that side and, um, and it's, it's not a fun place to be, but you know, one of, one of my other mentors has mentioned that is especially in entrepreneurship, because there's so much unknown, we have to be willing to just burn it down <laughs> and start over with whatever the actual, I mean, I guess the fa fancy way of saying it's, it was product market fit, right? Like mm -hmm. the, but if it's just a solution that they want and they need, it will sell. And if it's not, it won't. And so, and, and it sounds, as I was going to say, it, it sounds something easy to do, but it's, it's really hard. People get really emotionally attached and passionate about what it is that they've invested in, whether it's, you know, their, a product they've created or an idea or, you know, or, you know, a specific type of business. That's all they focus on and what they narrow in on uh, in regards to everything. I mean, we've even seen it like in terms of like even outside of like the entrepreneurial world and the professional world. Um, Alex and I know like some really, really highly talented people that uh, excel at their field. But, you know, we always tell them you can take it to a whole nother level if they pivot into like another area, you know, whether it's like going on on their own and breaking away from their organizations or whatever. And, you know, for whatever reason, they're just like, no, this is this is this is where I need to be. Um, and yet it's still I mean, they're still very, doing very well and they're very successful, but they could accomplish so much more on their own in many ways. But, you know, people just kind of get pigeonholed within their mindset in terms of the, you know, the ideas and things that they they think that this is where I'm supposed to be and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, there's an emotional um, component to it. People get drawn in. They get emotionally tied to the thing, and that's a challenge. And I think that what we're talking about is that sweet spot. And that sweet spot is uh, the intersection of three things. Essentially, it's um, desirability, which is, hey, does is there a market for it? Do people actually want the product or service? Is it feasible? Right? Can it actually be built? Uh, you know, interesting enough, they just came up. I don't know if you heard about the the fusion um, experiment that just came through last yeah, couple of days, yeah. which is phenomenal, right? People think that my inner nerd was just just over the moon. I was been so intrigued and excited. Yeah. <laughs> I so heard about just, it. Well basically yeah, they have since, yeah, they have the ability. Oh Aziz, I'll let you explain it. No, 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 no. Completely go ahead. What, Sorry. I get I'm, I get a little too excited. Well it's a concept of essentially what they equated to it in uh, you can simple terms is you know that energy source that was in Iron Man's chest, you know, this yeah. nuclear reactor, this fusion reactor that's perpetually pumping out energy. Well, they've got one step closer in, in um, creating that. So if they can create that, it is a basically uh, this source of energy that is completely clean. Uh, and we don't need to worry about yeah. fossil fuels or polluting the earth or whatever it may be, but it is, it is an incredible discovery. Now it just needs to be scaled, which is the next factor, right? The feasibility is, can it actually be done? Can it actually be created? Um, and science is pretty phenomenal these days. Uh, so that's the second factor. And the third factor is viability. And the viability is really what takes a product from conception to scaling. And the viability is built around the business model. Can this product be commercialized? Will people be willing to pay something for it or subsidize it in some way, shape, or form that it can be commercialized out there? So any business is the intersection of those three things. If you cross those over and you find the inter, um, you can say the overlap between those three factors, you, you have found the sweet spot. Again, most people don't look at all three things, right? They're typically missing one or two of those components. Um, but the successful entrepreneurs understand all three. Very interesting.
Very interesting. So, I mean, I, I'm having a little bit of trouble as as an interviewer, I think, because of the breadth of like the stuff that you talk about. So what I'm going to do is actually let you lead us, Pradeep, because <laughs> I, I really do want to get to the personal stuff. I want to talk talk about, you know, the business strategy. So I'm just going to let you lead us, if that's okay. Uh, it might be a little bit of a cop-out as a as an interview, as a host, but, uh, <laughs> and Aziz, feel free to, to like... You know, if, no, if there's a direction, it's just a lot of different topics and I'm not sure how, how they overlap. I'm just going to let you take, take, take charge pretty. Oh, well, uh, you know, I could talk about anything, guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm good to go. And I'll, I'll tell you very openly if I'm not, uh, I don't have any expertise or knowledge in a particular area. Um, but business is my forte. This is what I do. Um, but Aziz, did you have a question? Yeah, I, one of the things I, I wanted to kind of talk about and ask is, um, since you focus so much in terms of like mentoring and guiding businessmen, what are the main issues that you foresee? We talk about flexibility and the ability to kind of like be, you know, able to kind of pivot when needed. But what are some of the other major issues that you see among most businessmen these days um, that few of them are even aware of or even address regularly that can impact your, you know, success? Yeah, and I'll and I'll talk about the most common one. So that's a very great question. Thank you so much because I think that will help um, a lot of the audience here because there's going to be guys that will be like, yeah, I do that. Um, but the first one is a lot of guys do it, try to do it on their own. And so it's what I call a lone ranger approach, which is they're out there believing and thinking that they have to do this themselves and they have to be the knight in shining armor and not show any signs of either burning out or not having clarity or not having the confidence, especially when you're married or you have a significant other, right? You're supposed to be the confident one. Alex, you talked about guys, especially. We're trained and it's been our, in our biology to not show weakness. And so that's why we try to end up doing things ourselves and not necessarily going out for help or building collaborations. So I would say that's the number one thing when it comes to guys. The number two thing is, you know, sometimes we're stubborn, is we're continuing to use the same approach over and over and over again, and it doesn't work. Um, and that is a result of a number of things. A, stubbornness, but we have such a strong belief in something that it's hard for other people or even ourselves to convince um, ourselves otherwise. So having strong counsel is important. Having strong role models or mentorship is important. Um, people around you that can challenge you and say, you know, you might want to look at things differently. Um, these, are, these are common things. And as well as burning out. What I see a lot of guys doing, especially if they have an entrepreneurial spirit, is trying to do too many things at the same time. Uh, I think that's probably way too common. And they're hoping that something takes off. Like one of those five ventures is going to be a wonder. Um, and they're going to go at it at full speed with all five of them, not fully thinking that, hey, look, it's like having a kid. right? If you have five kids and you only have so much energy that to give each kid, um, one of those kids might not get as much attention as you want them to. And therefore, and I'm not saying this, hopefully, you know, this doesn't happen, but from a business perspective, they might not get the nutrients. They might not get the emotional attention. And they, therefore, their growth might be not as fast as the other four kids. Same thing happens with your business. When you try to do too much at the same time, like multiple businesses, it's not going to work as effectively. Um, so that's why we always tell people to stage their business ventures. Right, trying to do too much at the same time can be a challenge. Um, the other one is, and, and this is probably the most common, is trying to be successful in business when you have a crappy home life. Like that, that is a recipe for disaster. 
because you're you're giving everything you got in your business and then you're coming home and then whether it's a relationship or some challenges, other challenges in the family, or maybe it's a health a health aspect. But all of those things interlock or are intertwined with each other. That's why we talk about being the complete man. Because every aspect of your life, health, relationships, fatherhood, right, and your own well-being, all of those things intertwine with each other. And if one of those is not working out effectively, it has a direct impact on everything else. So a lot of guys will be what we call one-sided, right, or lopsided. Or incomplete is another word a word for it. They might be doing great in business, but their home life is suffering. Um, and take my word for this, because we work with men from the ages of 30 all the way up to, I think, one of our oldest clients was 74, um, all the way from startups to being some of the wealthiest people you could say in the country, is we all have very similar challenges. And if we don't take care of the business outside of business, it eventually catches up with us. There's men that we work with that are worth more than you know what most people would want to be worth. And they're still not feeling happy about themselves. So the question, and I, I like to keep things optimistic, but I also try to be real with people is, and this is so evident in the business community, we work our butts off and then we realize that we're still not happy. So then we're scratching our heads decades later saying, what the heck did I do? <laughs> you know, I built this business, made all this money, but I'm not happy. It's not creating happiness. So making sure that people, that you're fulfilled as you're actually building your business, as you're building your portfolio of wealth, right? That you're not stressed to the max because, you know, you guys talked about capital investments, alternative investments is if you're investing and you're not sleeping, you know, what is that worth? At the end of the day, what is that worth your well-being, right? If you're worried about your your kid's financial future because you've invested in something, um, is it something that's uh, that's worth it? Uh, because well-being is probably the biggest aspect of wealth that is so overlooked for guys. Like, uh, and I'm gonna say because we see this a lot, guys will burn themselves out. Well, they'll have heart attacks, strokes like diabetes, all these other health conditions. And trust me, it doesn't hit you right away. It'll hit you when you're in your 40s and 50s. If you don't take care of your health, um, that they look, they're like, okay, I got to do, they're forced to do something now rather than actually having the option of doing it. And so I always tell guys, you know, before you have a heart attack, start eating healthy, start exercising. Because once you have a heart attack, you may not be able to exercise as much as you want to. Yeah, you know, you're not going to have the option of having that cake on the weekend because now your doctor's saying you can't have the cake, right? So you're better off to have it within your own control rather than being forced to do it. So I, I could go on forever about this, but but those are the most common things that we yeah. see with guys. No, I, I think I think this is really interesting and it's really kind of hard hitting. Um, and, and I know some of these aspects can be considered universal, both men and women. But I can definitely see how it resonates more so in men, because in my opinion, from what I've seen in terms of like the women that I know that are in the business world and professionals and entrepreneurs, they handle things so much better than men. Um, you know, they're quick to ask for help when they need to. Um, they're much better at balancing, you know, family and work life and, you know, establishing boundaries and things of that nature uh, and still accomplishing just as much, if not more um, than a lot of the guys, you know, just with a better, healthier mindset. Uh, I think a good example would be um, Alex and I recently were uh, looking into purchasing a business 
And we were asking the story behind the business from the owner. And the owner was talking about how he started this business and he was starting multiple businesses and he was just running himself ragged and he was struggling and the business was struggling. And then one day his wife just told him, stop, let me take over that portion. You focus just on what you've got. And then we will just, you know, focus on making sure we stay stable and healthy. And within, I think it was just a matter of months, she took the business to a whole nother level. I mean, it became incredibly profitable with minimal effort, like the amount of work that she had to put in. I don't remember, Alex, was she, she was working like maybe four or five hours a week, if, if even that. Yeah, she, compared she to pretty much just crazy hours. everything <laughs> yeah. and just got teams and systems in place. And then she just kind of sits back and writes, you know, just does payroll every week for two or three hours yeah. and collects a million dollars a year in profit from it. Yes. significant uptick in the business from when her husband was killing himself working like, you know, you know, 80 hours, you know, 90 hours or something crazy like that. So, I mean, I I do think women do tend to have a better mindset in terms of like figuring out balance and, you know, seeking help when needed that compared to men. And I think that that is really detrimental to us in general as a gender. You know, it's really interesting. If I can just make a quick comment on that, because we are Mm -hmm. seeing a shift in society because I I agree with you. Women can be better at being entrepreneurs. And there's a number of reasons why. A, they'll look for support. Right? That's that's the other thing. They'll look, actually reach out to support. We know that, let's just say for training and workshops and, and personal development and growth, women are more open to actually doing it. So that's why, you know, I always laugh with my counterparts are focused on women or women and men. Um, we took a risk in working specifically with men. We actually work with women as well, but about 80% of our clients are men um, because men are stubborn. Like our, when we first started out, my colleagues, they were just, you know, we'd have a campaign, we'd go, they'd have 30 people in their, in their sessions and we'd have like three. And we're like, and, and, because mainly majority of them would be women and ours would be focused on guys and very few guys, like I said, look for help and actually openly get that help. So there's a personal development, there's a social circle, right? Women will actually ask other people to get insight. But there's something really interesting as well is men, we tie our identities to the work that we do. That's why we get so ingrained into it because what we do, what we do with our hands and our mind is who we are. So that's why it's hard for men to pull away. Whereas a woman may look at it and say, okay, this is a business. How do I actually make it? This is not me. This is a business. How do I actually make it run effectively? Whereas guys are like, this is me. I'm running it. If you know, I'm making sure this is running properly. That's the difference there between men and women. However, women are starting to become or being trained to be more like men these days as well, where they are being trained to be, hey, your job, your career, your status is what makes you a woman these days. And that is becoming challenging for women because it's not part of their natural instinct. Um, so they're they're being shifted towards that pendulum on one side where men used to be as well. Yeah, I do have uh, some female friends that do build a lot of their identity based on their job these days. Um, I mean, they're brilliant. They're amazing. But yeah, a big part of the, who they are as a person is their job. And it's interesting for, for some people that I have in mind, like, made pivoting challenging for them, right? Kind of like going back to what you had been talking about. Um, so, okay. So now, now that we're getting a little bit more into kind of that personal stuff, let's talk a little bit about that. So let's talk about home life in particular. Um, 
since you brought that up, I'm, I'm really curious about how, you know, I'll say one of the things I've seen, especially over the last years, as more and more of my guy friends have been, are married now, I see um, in some cases where there's a lot of, I don't know, for lack of a better word, and I don't mean this in a, in a sexist way, but there's a lot of submission, the, the kind of the other way around, right? For the most part, most of my friends who are men and married, it's yes, dear, whatever you want, dear. And, and not even in an equal sense, I'll say very often. And, and so uh, I'm just curious in terms of, you know, we talk about like shifts in society and stuff. I'm curious how you think that is happening. First of all, what you see as trends, and then maybe the approach that a complete man would bring to it. <laughs> sure. And, you know, it's a loaded question because it's one of those ones where the audience is going to be like, part of the part of the audience is going to be like, yeah, the other part is like, I don't know, I kind of hate you. So <laughs> here's here's the interesting, and I'm going to share from my perspective and our research, my personal experience. I grew up in a tradition Indian household where my parents, very specific gender roles, right? But it was, they were, they were equal from the perspective of they both had an equal say in the relationship and in the household. But my mom was always like, you know what? Your dad's kind of like the end game. Like he is the one that calls the shots. Um, you know, if he doesn't like it, then, you know, it doesn't happen. So both had a voice, both worked, both took care of the house, both did an equal amount of work, just different roles, right? Uh, my mom did a lot of physical work too because it was on an orchard, so she did that. But I grew up in this traditional gender role society, which I see and I saw the, the benefits of it. This has been very confusing for men these days uh, because a lot of guys don't know what it means to be a man. Am I supposed to be the head of the household or am I not? You know, should I be doing dishes or do I should I be cutting the grass? Like these are questions that guys have. Am I supposed to be the breadwinner? Um, but I can tell you from my perspective, a household where a man is a strong leader of the household, but there's equal, you can say, say in the household from both the man and the woman are the healthiest. And the easiest way to put it from this perspective, if you go into some kind of dangerous situation, this is how you know. Most women are kind of pulled back and they will step behind the man. If the man is in his masculinity, he will step forward and protect. Right? Not to say that women are weak, but that's the natural. If someone just jumped out of the alley and a couple is walking down the street, if the woman jumps behind the guy and the guy stands up in front to protect her, that's a healthy relationship. If it's a reverse, which probably happens these days, you know things are challenging right? because guys haven't stepped into their masculinity. One of the biggest challenges women are facing, and I know because our colleagues are in the relationship space, is women in the 30s are having a tough time finding guys that they are attracted to because they're not as masculine. Now, you said something, Alex. You said, you know, a lot of guys are, are, are what we call the pleasers. They say yes. And there's nothing wrong with saying yes if it doesn't go against your innate instinct and your values and principles. But if inside you're like, man, I don't feel like a man because I'm doing this, or there's something wrong here, you know, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of guys have pushed that instinct down to the point where they no longer feel it. And here's the simplest way I put it. Men have been bred to be like house cats. You've, they've you've taken the tiger out of the men and turned them into a house cat. And now a lot of women aren't happy with that either because the reason why they get attracted to men or more attracted to guys who have that masculinity is because they want the tiger, right? Deep down, women do want a man that is 
standing up for himself, that stands up for the household, that stands up for what he believes in, that is strong in his masculinity, they will test him. And that is a challenge because if a man falls below that threshold when he is tested, um, he'll get walked on. And women won't be attracted to that man as much. So that's what we're seeing in society. And interestingly enough, when that happens, men make bad business decisions. They make Mm. bad investment decisions because they're confused. And the reason why I say this is because we have the research, but I also felt this in my life. I went through a situation, we talked about mistakes, right? And I'm very forthcoming in one of the biggest challenges in my life from a financial and a relationship standpoint was with a period of, in my marriage where things weren't going well. And I wasn't stepping up from the perspective of, I was like, you know, this isn't right. What's happening in a relationship? We had external influences, um, like my in-laws, for example. And, and I was just saying, you know what? I'll be a good guy and not say anything. I'll be a good guy and kind of accommodate. Where I was like, no, this isn't right. right? And it took me a while to actually stand up. But during that period of time, I was not as motivated. I was not as driven. Um, I didn't have as much energy. I didn't have as much clarity. I didn't have as much confidence. And in my investment decisions, in particular real estate at that time, they flopped. Like I just made really bad real estate decisions to the point where it cost me a significant amount of money. And when I went back and I looked at that stage of life a few years later and I said, what was what the heck happened? I know real estate. I know what I'm doing. I'm not dumb. I know how to make good decisions. Like this was a perfect situation. What did I do wrong here? Why did I make these decisions? And when I analyzed it, it was because I just wasn't in the right state of mind because of my relationship and not necessarily to blame my spouse. That wasn't it. But I didn't step up and stand up for myself. I didn't step up for what I believed in was right. I didn't step into my masculinity at that time. Because even though I learned all these things, all these principles, like here's something that I've learned these over two decades, these principles, I still wasn't applying them because I was getting mixed messages. So I think I, that's why I say I really feel for guys out there right now because there's so much chatter in the world, uh, social media and society saying, oh, you shouldn't be a man, you shouldn't be dominant, you shouldn't be you know, masculine. That the guys are so confused, and as a result, it's impacting them in so many different ways. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, I'm, go ahead. I, I definitely would agree. I mean, I think it's definitely. Um, I, I think this will be controversial, but it's definitely tough being a man. <laughs> at least, at least a decent, a decent man. Uh, I mean, it's very easy to be, you know, a dog or an asshole, but to be a decent man these days is very difficult. I mean, there's so many conflicting things that you're supposed to be, like you said, you know, this you know, traditional masculine figure, but then you're also supposed to be like super, you know, uh, emotional or understanding and this, and not to say that they're exclusive, but I think the expectations are extremes on both ends. There's very few kind of happy middle Uh, and you never quite know what part of the extreme at what time, you, you know, your spouse or, you know, significant other or whomever is expecting from you from that point and that time. Um, And even in the business aspect, it's even tougher because you know, as you're trying to make these business decisions together, it's also kind of tough because, again, um, if you know that something is the right decision to make and it's, you know, the right thing to push for and that's going to elevate you to financial wealth and, you know, kind of success and ease in life, but your spouse is against it, but, you know, for no reason other than, you know, they might just be afraid of taking risks, it becomes difficult. I mean, 
how much do you push? How much do you kind of pull back and just kind of submit to their wishes? It's hard to balance those two things. And, you know, and then at the end of the day, is your spouse going to respect you for not pushing or are they going to not respect you for not being assertive enough? You don't know. It's so difficult. <laughs> yeah, funny, you know, it reminds me. It reminds me of this uh, video I saw. It's in Spanish. Uh, I'll try to find the link for it. But it's it's a pastor talking about what a man should do to please his wife. And it was like, no, no, it's the opposite. It's what a woman should do to please her her husband. And it was like three things. It was like, you know, be gentle, respect him and give him love or, you know, I don't know, make him a sandwich. I don't know what it was. It was some <laughs> joke, right? And then the second part was like, and, and now for the men, here's what you should do to please your wife. And it was like an extensive list of contradicting <laughs> things. It was like, be firm, but be sweet. Be rich, but, you know, don't flaunt it and do this and do that. And it was just, and it was a funny joke. And I'm going to add it to the to the show notes. But I think to some degree, it's very, it, it is really tough. So, um yeah, Pradeep, it's it's uh now now you mentioned some principles too. Uh can you share a little bit about some of these principles that you you talk about that sure. make a man a man and what like maybe some basic <laughs> um guidelines of where that those lines are drawn from your perspective. Uh, sure, you know, I'll, I'll give you a concept that we've we've uh, built around what we've seen work for men. And it's called what we call um being a mindful alpha male. That is essentially a combination of being an alpha male plus being mindful. And here's what it is. An alpha male, the, the letter alpha is a Greek letter, the very first Greek letter of, of the alphabet. And it's really the beginning. It's the origin, right? It's where, where things start. It's ground zero. So for men, it's important to be an alpha male. And that has been misconstrued these days, right? It's been misinterpreted. I was, I was about to say, because uh, nowadays the term alpha usually is Closely equated with douche. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you say alpha male, people are like, okay, something's good. this guy's going to get some kind of sexual harassment charge or, yeah. you know, yeah, there's something wrong with him. He's controlling, he's abusive. Like, there's so many different stereotypes now. Uh, but yeah. and they take. Yeah, I, was, a, I was about to say it's very brave that you took that term. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and well, there's a there's a caveat, right? That's why there's the mindful aspect. Um, so the two have to go together because being an alpha male, if you take a look at let's say the analogy of the wolf pack and the alpha male there, uh, one of the biggest roles that the alpha male has is to protect the pack, is to ensure that the pack is healthy. People forget about that. People forget about, you know, what an alpha male really means because they're there to provide and protect. So there's the alpha aspect, which essentially means for every guy, you have to be the creator of your life. You have to be the one that creates your destiny. You have to be the one that's 100% accountable and responsible for it. Now, the other side is the mindful aspect. And here's what I equate it to. There's an old Buddha saying, which talks about when you make a decision, think about the ripple effect it will have throughout the universe. Meaning it could, it could be like the butterfly effect. It could impact people across the world. It could impact generations to come. So think about that. But also be humorous enough to believe that it's actually going to make an impact. Meaning, yeah, Make the decision being conscious of the world and the people around you, but it may not have any impact at all, right? So it's that balance between the two. But that's what being mindful is about, is simply this, is understanding what your intent and your actions will do for you, the people around you, your community, and the earth as a whole. If you can combine those two, if you can be mindful and be an alpha male to, to come up and be an alpha, mindful alpha male, you will be 
this powerful force in the world. You will be one of the ones that can create a business, a wealth portfolio, a relationship where your wife is just like, oh my God, this guy is a man. You know what? I, you know, I respect him. That's what being a mindful alpha male is about. Principles behind that, I would say, are very simple. It's having high integrity, having the best character, right? Compassion, empathy, being able to contribute to other people, right? So those are the key aspects. But also, the challenge comes for men as well. Understanding that sacrifice isn't necessarily ha- uh, um, what I'm going to say healthy. Because a lot of guys will sacrifice themselves, right? And here's a simple analogy. Someone, you have a guy that's got a business, he gets up early, goes to his business, works his butt off, come home, spends time with his family, eats dinner, goes to sleep, repeat, rinse and repeat over and over again. Eventually, he finds out that he has some kind of heart condition or health condition because he's neglected himself, right? That now creates suffering. Because that health condition might may not be reversible. And he may have suffered because he spent so much time and energy in his business that he hasn't done anything for himself. So that's why it's important to understand that aspect as well. Anytime a person is suffering, and Buddha, you know, this is an old Buddhist principle, is suffering is pain that has not been accepted. Right? It's prolonged pain. When you accept pain, you can say, okay. Either I'm going to accept this, but I'm also going to do something about it, right? There's some kind of solution or remedy for it. When we don't accept pain, it becomes suffering. When we ignore it, it becomes suffering. When we think that's part of normal life, that becomes suffering. That's not the way it needs to be. So those are the main principles is really not only giving to yourselves, but giving to those people around you and staying true to your character and your values and not compromising your values for other people or monetary things. In that sense, the the idea of the alpha male is someone who just kind of inherently respects himself as much as he respects the others around him, uh, enough to identify when they're going through problems or pain or you know either physically, emotionally, whatever it is, and taking taking the steps to remedy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So. Not from an egotistical perspective, but if you take the concept, if you truly embrace the concept of of an alpha male, of being the creator, right? Think of yourself as a creator. The sun, for example, doesn't have an ego and say, I'm the sun, you know, I'm the end all be all. But the sun realizes that it is the origin of life. Like if there's no sun, there's no life, right? So it creates this vast amount of energy to support other people. The same thing goes for an alpha male. It's not about you You are the end-all, be-all, but you are the creator. You're the one there to contribute to yourself and the people around you. So you need to understand that as well. You need to take that responsibility and say, I am the one, right? And that also means that I need to take care of myself. I need to respect myself for what I bring to other people and not downplay it as well. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now, one thing that, Again, I'm I'm still with in terms of the alpha. You described something a little bit earlier about how women will challenge a man and kind of push him to get to get kind of to see where he is, and that's an interesting one because I feel like in a good, healthy relationship, there needs to be some level of vulnerability that a man can show his wife, saying, "Hey, I'm hurting. Hey, I need your help. Hey, I'm I'm struggling." 
but in that when you're getting challenged, that's kind of contradictory that 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 would kind of say, no, no, I can't show any weakness to my wife. How would you address that? Yeah, that, that's a really interesting and a great question because that's where a healthy relationship comes in. Um, so if we take a look at an entrepreneur perspective, um, a lot of guys go through this. They're having struggles in their business. So how are they supposed to come home and tell their wife, hey, look, my business is not going the way I want it to go. I'm not making as much money and therefore we may not be able to pay our bills. Uh, right? So how does he have that conversation? And she's going to be challenging him and saying, well, I want to get this extra stuff. Why can't we go on vacations? Why can't we do this? So there has to be vulnerability to the point where the guy, you know, she needs to motivate him and be like, yeah, honey, you know, keep working, keep working harder. You know, what's going on? Challenge him from that perspective. But also she needs to be very cautious and not kick him when he's down. Because if he opens up and says, hey, honey, there's challenges in the business and she takes advantage of that, right? Let's just say a month goes by and she's like, I knew you couldn't do it. You know, you told me that your business was failing. I knew you couldn't do it. That's where an unhealthy relationship comes in, right? A woman should not, and a man should not, right? Take advantage of those opportunities when someone is vulnerable to kick them. So that's where open communication, if you have a healthy relationship, a man should be able to go to his spouse or his wife or his partner and say, hey, look, things aren't going as well. And the partner should say, what can I do to support you? Right. So when I talk about challenging, I'm talking about healthy challenging. Like if you, if, if your business, you know, let's just say, for, for example, you're, the guy comes home and says, yeah, I signed a client. And your wife says, great. You know, when are you going to sign the next one? That's a good healthy challenge. Right. That's mm-hmm. a healthy challenge. That's what, that's what we need to see in a relationship is guys being challenged because the guy might not have belief in himself to say, yeah, maybe I can't sign another one right away. You know, maybe I do need to work a little bit harder, whatever it might be. But that's where healthy challenging comes in rather than unhealthy. Now, what about in situations where it's the unhealthy challenging? You know, for example, you know, like you said, you know, um, you tell your spouse, okay, um, it's, you know, we're, we're not doing as well this, this month as we've done in the past and we might have to cut back or this, that or the other. And, you know, she'll just disregard or something along those lines um, and just continue as is. I mean, that kind of challenging. How do you how do you combat that, um, but in a nurturing, caring way? So, but still maintain your masculinity and like your alpha maleness. Yeah. So there's always a point, right? I always say to men, there's a threshold. So relationship, just like anything else, this is a surprise for a lot of guys. Is relationship is a skill, right? It requires a skill. It requires you learning. It requires you increasing your knowledge, your talent. Right and continuously fine tuning it, just like any other skill in life, and that rec- that's the same thing for your spouse. So your spouse might not have the skill, so it's important to upgrade your skills. So whether that's through reading, through couples counseling or therapy, whatever it may be, going on workshops together for marriages and relationships, effective communication, that is important. You also have to understand this is a process. So men need to be st- strong, the calm and collected throughout this process because let's just say a man, for example, has done some work on himself and, and he's you know, improved his journey, but his wife has not. He's got to have some patience for her to be able to catch up. Now, if she chooses not to, if she refuses to, if she's not in the headspace to, and it's been a prolonged period of time, and you've tried many different approaches, and they are 
not work. There's so many different approaches you could take. But that's when you have to start to reevaluate and have real conversations and say, I've done this. I've tried this. I'm here for you to support you. You are not shifting in the right way. There might be a point in time where you say, maybe this person is not wanting to or willing to or has the ability to be in a healthy relationship. Now it becomes a choice. Does a guy stay in a healthy relationship or does he move on? Um, and I'm going to leave that up to the individuals that are in that situation because that's not a call that I can make. It's, it's each person has to make that call on their own. Come on, Pradeep, you have all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I don't. I can tell you, you know what? Relationships are a tricky one. My wife and I have had our challenges. There's been a couple of times where we said, you know what, we're going to call it. And we came through fighting and increased our skills and we're continuing to grow. Um, and there's always ups and downs. Um, but there's always learning opportunities. That's one really interesting thing is that I continuously learn and she continuously learns. And I think if both people adopt that mindset, then there's more compassion for each other and there's more, you can say, leeway for each other as well. I love it. Yeah, I really definitely. like the idea of this mindful alpha male because it's a lot of the words that you used were things that you wouldn't think of when you think of alpha male, right? You said integrity and character and compassion and empathy. Those are powerful things when that when you combine them with that drive and that confidence, I can see. And I, now that I think about it, I'm looking at, I'm looking through my little Rolodex of people who I really admire. And I think a lot of them would fit that, that description, you know? Mm. Um, and, and that's exactly, I think the kind of person I want to be too. So Awesome. Mindful Alpha Man, I like it. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> um, no, uh, Pradeep, can can you share? I mean, I don't mean to cut it off, but like, can you share a little bit about where our audience could contact you and kind of where they'd like, where they'd be able to interact with you a little bit more if they really resonated with uh, your message today? Yeah, absolutely. So you can reach out to uh, me via my team through email. So that email is team at Sangha, my last name, S-A-N-G-H-A, worldwide.com. You can always connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, please let me know that you listened to this episode and you're connecting with me, uh, with me as a result of that. Um, more than happy to connect with you personally. Uh, if you'd like a copy of my book, you can always go to completemanaudio.com. And for, your, for the audience here, um, there's a promo code for 75% off, and that is VICTORY. So we're, the word victory and then the number 75 all together, you'll get 75% uh, off the digital audio and the digital ebook. Awesome. Thank you so much. Pretty, That's really awesome. Just, yeah. Do you also do any types of like uh, workshops or seminars or things of that nature? Absolutely. Yeah. Or uh, Q1 of 2023 is packed now, but we do a lot of workshops. We do workshops on, on high performance. We do workshops on business. Um, we do workshops on mindset, emotional capacity, entrepreneurship. So yeah, we do all kinds of workshops. Awesome. Well, uh, please feel free to send those to us so we can continue to share them with our audience. Um, one of the things we're starting to try to do more often is to have past guests continue to engage with our audience through, you know, whether it's in written form or a little, you, you could send a little one minute clip or something. We'll throw it on an episode just like, hey, remember me from episode 30, whatever. Um, awesome. So yeah, definitely. I think um, your content will really resonate with us and, and our audience. And 
um, it's been awesome meeting you. Uh, really, really exciting. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this is a, a really powerful topic um, because, again, I mean... Great conversation. Yeah, it's been awesome. And, you know, I think for for us, like, we've been really focusing a lot recently on mindset, right? We wrote a little ebook. We created a little lead magnet on mindset. And it's been just something that we're really... I found it more of an exercise for me to just kind of synthesize all this amazing lessons that we've learned from our, our, our guests over the, the last several months. And, um, and it's just something I'm much more in tune with now about how important it is. And if your foundation and your mind is right, I really am just such a big believer that there's like no limits for us. And so this is a part of it, right? Like our manhood is a part of it. And, and I hadn't really considered that. I hadn't really been too conscious of it. And so this is really exciting for me. Thank you so much. Um, now, now we've got to focus on finding uh, something similar for the ladies as well on the show. <laughs> oh, good call. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you do you have any recommendations, Pradeep? Any, I do, any, guys. Yeah, I'll yeah? definitely uh, go chat with my colleagues in the female space and I'll get back to you for sure. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. That would mean a lot to us. Yeah. Because yeah. um, we do. I think, I think, actually, I think maybe we're maybe a little bit more than 50% female listeners. Um, but, um, you know, we're two dudes, so we're happy to have you, uh, at the very least selfishly. And, um, but yeah, Pradeep, thank you so much. Uh, do you have any last, um, words of wisdom you'd like to share with our audience before we, we end our call today? Well, I, I would just, first of all, like to thank you to, um, Alex and Aziz for having me on your show. I appreciate it. I, I think words of wisdom is that, um, the way I take a look at it is we are put on this earth to live a fulfilling life. And not everybody believes that. Actually, very few people believe that, that they deserve a fulfilling life, right? That's what we were put on this earth for. So the only thing that uh, needs to be figured out is how do you actually do that? And so everybody deserves that. And everybody has a different path of actually fulfilling their lives. And it's up to you, uh, the individual, to figure out what that is. Um, And we're just here to give tips and tools and some insight in terms of how you can do that. But I think... um, I, th- I think the last message is we are put on this earth once in this form. You might as well live it to your best. I love it. Pretty beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yes.